Welcome to a World on Fire and All-Star Squadron podcast. I'm your host, Billy D, and alongside me for this episode is my co-host, Ross, from the Stop Let's Team Up podcast. How are you, Ross? I'm good, Billy. How are you doing? I am fantastic. So this is your first time here on All-Star Squadron. Yes. You are a huge fan of All-Star Squadron. I know you and I have talked in the past, and it's you know one of the very few actual runs of comics you still have that you know, aren't trays or digital or anything yeah. like that. You actually still have all those comics because, you know, they're near and dear. Plus, they haven't been reprinted. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the beginning of the uh, pandemic, I was organizing as we were stuck in the house, and I realized I had missed a couple near the end. Mm. And I went and uh, completed my run. Yeah, I'm still, I think, maybe seven or eight issues short of complete. I and... don't imagine how hard it is to find these. Yeah, it is very difficult to find them at a reasonable cost, and then especially the issues where it's the Infinity Inc. You know, first appearance that one's very expensive, and I think the Shazam issue was it like thirty six or something like that. That was very expensive wow. too. So, yeah, I mean, I have the app, so you have them digitally. So I kind of just gave up on trying to find yeah. those expensive issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm one of those fortunate one who has the the Infin, Infinity uh, Infinity Inc. trade hardcover yeah. generations. Ugh. So, but I still kept the issues of the All Star. I didn't want to break up my run. Yeah, um, no, you, you, me, Martin Gray, Sean, a lot of people keep pining. Like, come on, DC, let's get this back in print. You know, please, and I'll, to omnibus, <laughs> omnibus editions or something. I look at what <laughs> omnibuses are coming out, and I'm going, "Come on, you're reprinting that? It came out a year ago." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, you... I really don't. And some of the obscure stuff they do, I'm like, "Oh wow, I'm glad you did that." But what about this? Mm-hmm. I yeah, something know. that's. As beloved as this, I'm, I'm not. I don't get it. It may be I something just, they'd how much they'd have to pay these guys. Because remember, this is '80s when they started to do the incentive programs. Mm, I think sometimes yeah. it's what royalties people, you know, bigger people, you know, maybe it's a money thing. But I can't see it. This you could do All Star in two volumes. Mm-hmm. It'd be beautiful. Yeah. I would love them on my shelf with all my All Star Squadron. I mean, I've got all the uh, All Star comic archives. Mm-hmm. You know, just, yeah. and and all, and I pr- I got a bunch of when they were putting the justice side that John stuff out in hardcover. I, th- those are things because I love these characters so much. I always want yeah. a really nice edition of them. And um, yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, you're a big All Star Squadron fan oh, and J- and JSA fan. So a bit of a you know a, a surprise here, a chestnut for uh, some of the listeners that are also huge JSA fans. You know, today you and I are going to be covering All Star Squadron 47, which is a a uh, one-and-done story, really cool story, uh, The Secret Origin of Dr. Fate. But then we are going to be covering Secret Origins number 31, which is uh, the Justice Society of America. And Wow, we were just talking off mic for a minute about how good but how dense of a read this comic is. Oh, I my think it God. Took me 45 minutes to read it. <laughs> I was taking my notes last night, and I was like – and it was late, and I said, this will take 10 or 15 minutes for to write some last-minute notes. And I went, oh, no, because I'm going to have – you know. It's so dense. Yeah, it's dense so but dense. great. Yes. Love it. Love Roy Thomas. I can't heap enough praise on him. But uh, yeah. all right. Well, you know, if we're ready to rock and roll here, we can jump right into it. Like I said, uh, we're going to be starting off here with All-Star Squadron 47 from 1985. And uh, the cover is by uh, newcomer Todd McFarlane and Tony DiZaniga. And then we have Roy Thomas, writer-editor, Todd McFarlane and Vinny Coletta, art. Gene D'Angelo colors and David Cody Weiss letters. And then I did notice too, I didn't really see the difference in the pages, 
But the very first and the very last page were done by a guy named Mike Clark, um, whom I do not know. I had never heard of him before, but the webs, couple of websites made to specific notes to say he did page one and page 24, but the rest was all McFarlane and Coletta. I read my uh, the, the Secret Origins in my trade back, Last Days of the Justice Society of America, mm-hmm. and he did a lot of the Secret Origins. He did some of the Secret Origin issues that Roy did. Oh, a gold, okay. a gold, he did other Golden Age Origins. He didn't do them all. Because mm-hmm. that's a great book because it's the Last Days of the Justice Society and then all the Justice Society Secret Origin issues, the individual people and yeah. the team. It's a good collection because it gives you, you know, Doc Fate, the Adams. It's a bunch of origins and like weird contributors uh like uh, george freeman who did uh, captain canuck um mm-hmm. does our mans yeah i have seen that trade and i was almost gonna jump a couple of times on maybe i'll have to <laughs> find it on a discount it is worth it because it gives you that last days of the justice society and the the post-crisis origin of justice society in it Gotcha. So what do you think of this cover here? We have All-Star Squadron 47 cover here, and it's, uh, like I said, Todd McFarlane and Tony DiZaniga. What do you think of this one? I think it's pretty good. I, I think it's pretty good. My thing throughout, uh, I'm not the biggest McFarlane fan. Mm-hmm. I do prefer his Infinity Inc. era art and this era. It, I like it. He's great with layouts. It is. You can tell it's early days, though. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. give it – I like it a lot, I, 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 and I'll say this when we get to the issue. I like the way he lays out a page. Right. You know, there's a lot of the, – he gives you a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I do like this one. I do like it. It really it, – what it reminds me of is early Giffen, like mm, 70s yeah. DC Giffen and defender his defenders. Yep. It really reminds me of that. Um, so I re- yeah. I enjoyed it. I like it. It's a crazy yeah, – I, I like his take on Doc Fate. Yeah, I like this cover a lot, and I do like the cover a lot more than the interiors. And the interiors, I don't hate or anything like that, but I do think the cover is a, a good bit better. But again, that might have to do with the inkers, and I'm not a big – I try not to be a basher of anybody, even if it's somebody I don't care for their art, which, you know, uh, the the name Vinny Coletta, that's gets some he, people. It <laughs> tweaks many of us. It tweaks many of us. It, he is, he's yeah. amazing when he's with the right penciler. Yeah, I mean, Tony DiZaniga, he's probably, if I had to pick between him and Coletta, I would pick him as an anchor. But, you know, be that as it may, like I said, this cover is great. I really like this cover a lot. I mean, you've got Wotan. I think he looks great there. He does. That was, throughout the book, I like his take on Wotan a great deal. Yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. But, yeah, okay, so, all right, well. Why don't we launch right into it here? I'll just jump right into the synopsis, and then uh, we can give our thoughts on the book. How about that? Good deal. All right. So at the Perisphere, Dr. Fate and Starman stop by, and Tarantula wants to interview Fate for his book. Kent then recounts how his father, an archaeologist, was tapped to exhume an ancient Egyptian pyramid in 1920. We see young Kent and his father tread deep into the pyramid and discover relics and ancient writings. Kent wanders off and... He runs into a giant named Nabu. A gas is then released, and it kills Kent's father. But Nabu promises to teach Kent the secrets of the universe to make up for it. We see as years pass, Nabu teaches Kent all sorts of magic and of all other sorts of secrets as well. He then gives Kent a golden cloak, an amulet, and a helmet. Then Nabu disappears. 
he immediately then senses evil and is drawn to a car wreck. He senses a woman and a green-skinned, malevolent being. He next flies to a town in the desert, a tower in the desert, and he has a showdown with a being named Wotan. All right, so big picture. What did you think of this one? Um, I really like it. I, I'm not familiar with Doc. I'm not a big Doc. I like Doc Fate when I – certain iterations of him or her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd never read the origin. And I don't think I've ever read a Golden Age Doc Fate story that wasn't in Justice Society. I mean All-Star mm-hmm. Comics. Yeah. This so was I really, really good. Yeah. yeah, this was awesome. I thought this was a great story. Uh, you know, I liked the way they presented it as well with, you know, him basically doing a – us seeing it in flashback as he's telling it to Tarantula for Tarantula to write his book. You know, that's really cool too. I like how Roy set this up and, you know, I love the, uh, you know, the origin. I thought it was a really good job here. Like to me, it's like perfect. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. Um I what I what I liked about it, it was very not like I was watching a nineteen forty serial. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. they treated it as that. Um just the origin. It's kinda almost it's not I mean the the mystic being is almost like Billy Batson and the wizard Shazam mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. Very like you some arc an RKO serial. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the splash page with the credits. That page is incredible. It almost reminds me of a, like a Doctor Strange kind of image, the way it's presented there. It's like, uh, I think it's, you know, page two of the actual comic, and it has this crazy monster, and, you know, Fate's there, and he's blasting, and, you know, you have the little speech bubbles there where, you know, Tarantula is trying, trying to start talking about, the, like, basically interviewing him, but that image is great. I love that image, and like I said, totally reminds me of, like, a Bronze Age Doctor Strange story. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's, it, and the the what I like about uh, the the biggest thing I like about McFarlane's art on the interiors is his panel layouts, mm-hmm. and I like that in his Infinity Inks too. That he tries he tries different things. Does it succeed all the time? No, but that page is great. And the second page um, where you see Doctor Fate talking, and then it shifts into the panel about post World War One, mm-hmm. and then um, the the digging tool is part of the frame of the next panel. Yeah, that's when they're going backward. Yeah, stuff like that. I really dig. And then it transition and it's bookended by the a sideways profile of Doctor Fate talking. So you mm-hmm. see the memory inside his head in a way. Yeah, that's that is fantastic. That's a good call out there. That is really good. And it, again, you go to the next page, and the panel layout is really cool on that next page too. You have two very you know long vertical panels on the left and right. And then three, you know, traditional panels in the middle there. And, you know, you have the father holding the skull and, you know, trying to read hieroglyphics inside there. It's just it's really good. You can't it's it's definitely a a fun story. But the visuals, too, are going to, you know, like we said earlier, maybe the inks here and there might not be perfect. But you get enough with McFarlane's, you know, panel layouts and and his pencils are, are pretty good in this one. Yeah, I'd like to imagine what because who is it? His inker in Infinities, Dizaninga. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So that I like, and there's also this thing about the face of young Kent. It's very he. I think he does this on purpose, makes it look very cartoony, more cartoony than 
you know, he's going, this is what a little kid in a 40s comic book would have looked like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. You know, yeah. That round they... cartoon, uh, sugar and Sp- like sugar. His, his, that's who he looks like. He looks like Spike from Sugar <laughs> and Spike. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> I was thinking of blonde-haired Billy Batson, but more. Yeah, it's. I'm, my brother's a huge Sheldon Model fan, and I have. Oh, okay. And it, I, he would. You know, you need to read Sugar and Spike. It's like okay. Yep. But um, I. Yeah, I do like on page six there too, where, uh, you know. He Kent comes out of the chamber that he was in where he had first seen Naboo, and he sees his father laying there, and he says, Dad, he's he's sick. And Naboo, no, boy, he is dead. Oh my <laughs> I'm like, wow, jeez, dude. <laughs> was I want to know, was Naboo always this evil, or was that an 80s, 90s add-on? Well, I don't know. I mean, when the story started out, you did get a little uh, panel at the bottom that said, Featuring the hero created in More Fun Comics 55, 1940 by Gardner Fox and Hal Sherman. And I kind of feel like, you know, Roy being the historian he is, that he probably tried to stay as pretty close, you know, to the origins and somebody like Fox that he revered. So yeah. I would think Naboo probably was a jerk. <laughs> yeah, and, and I do see they give credits to the, some of that 870s stuff, the Joe Sant and Mike Nazar, you know. Mm-hmm. There's one like uh, oh that's true he did not fate have a, a first issue special issue. You know I, th- I thought he did but maybe not. No no he I think he did and I think maybe I, think he I, did. I had read an origin. I I always liked those things in the in the comic called Wanted, which would have yes. old origin issues in it. Yes. Uh, villains. Yep. So yeah, I do. Nabu is such a he's so such a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Throughout like... comics. I mean, he, uh, he at least lets them grieve a little bit there, and they, they bury him and they have a headstone there. At least he gives them that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm, but, yeah, it, it's really neat. There are some really cool panels and pages. Like page eight, it shows how Naboo starts to, you know, you know, teach Kent as he's growing up here. It looks like he's, you know, getting into his teenage years and teaching him magic. And that's another one of those pages, you know, where you said about his layouts being pretty good where, you know, you have uh, – right in the middle like this crazy shape like not even like a diamond i'm not sure if that's supposed to be like a serpent's head or what no that's naboo oh is that what that is that's That's, yeah that's naboo's face okay yeah now i can see it when i'm holding it back a little further you can see like the headdress on the sides and everything yeah yeah yeah. and then you see you uh, i mean it's it's what that's great it's it's a way of just showing this origin and the progression and the connection between the two guys, because they're next to each other, or they're facing, or they're, you know, it, it's showing, in this one page, you're getting years worth of training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good page. I like the way that's laid out, and, you know, the face and everything there, like you said, that's great, too. But then it's funny how Naboo, on the next page, then tries to, you know, infuriate Kent, and make him, you know, use all his power and strike out against him, and it looks like he kills Naboo, but then Naboo's just like, you know, that was only like a, a facade that, you know, that body, that Egyptian looking body that I had been using. You know, I'm really just like this, you know, spirit kind of thing. And it almost shows at the bottom of page nine, is it there? Like almost like this glowing orb. And he kind of says yeah, like, that's really that what he is. he's a lord of order and they don't have corporeal bodies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. explains a little bit more on the next page there, too. Then when it shows a glimpse of Wotan. Yeah, and Wotan, I like that I didn't know all the stuff about the planet, and I knew Naboo was a lord, of, you know, I know it from the, I guess it's the late 80s, early 90s 
mm-hmm. series, which I read um, pretty regularly because I liked uh, the uh, the artist McManus. Um, mm, okay, but I did I didn't know this, and I didn't realize that Wotan played a part in Fate's origin, or if this if this is just Roy kind of merging a couple different issues together. Yeah, I mean, Naboo does mention, you know, that there were, he doesn't uh, name Wotan, but we see Wotan's picture there as Naboo says about, you know, leaving the other planet and, you know, this is what his origin is all about. But then, you know, like I said, as soon as Kent finally gets the helmet and the the cloak and uh, uh, the amulet, and he immediately gets this, like, you know, there's something wrong nearby and goes and finds that car wreck. And he's, uh, you know, he sees Wotan's face in the picture of the, his picture in that orb there. And then when he does end up meeting Wotan face to face, Wotan says like, Oh, in another lifetime, you know, you know, we were enemies, you know, as if there's some kind of like reincarnation kind of stuff going on. That there's been fates before him. And yeah, I want to say something about page 11 where he's putting on the costume and you see fate for the first time. Oh yeah. I love that page. That's what made me go, Oh, this looks like, you know, Giffen, in his mm-hmm. early days, yeah, uh, it's that, and I love that. It does, pan- yeah. Um, and I like that. I like the, I just, I like how he introduces Inez. Is it Inez? Fate's love interest, or oh yeah, Girl Friday. <laughs> yeah, she. I didn't know her. The first time I ever met uh, Inza. Inza. Is uh, from the television show. That was the first time I had met her because I had never read, you know, the Earth Two stuff and Doctor Fate stuff before that, and I loved her character there. But she's, you know, gets to be way more involved in the comics oh. than she was on there. Oh yeah, because she is the do- she is Doctor Fate mm-hmm. for a period of time in the nineties. Yeah, so that that series. Um, yeah, I did because I think it was a rule for forties comics. You always had to have a Girl Friday, a Lois Lane, or oh yeah, yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Uh huh. Yep. There um, always had to be a, <laughs> a girl there that needs saving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inza Kramer. She says her name isn't. It's like one of the questions I have about this issue is like she tells Wotan because Wotan thinks she is some kind of sorceress, and she's just like, "Listen, dude, I'm just a college student that was like on a trip <laughs> trying to learn some things in, you know, Egypt," and he doesn't really believe her at first, and she's just like, "Would I have just let you, you know?" chain me up here if i did have some kind of sorcerer's powers and he's like hey good point <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Yeah, laughs> <dude."> <laughs> like you didn't really think this through did you but yeah then you know fate shows up and they have a one-on-one it's a really cool really cool battle i like that battle between the two of them because you know fate's like brand new like kent nelson as fate is brand new being a superhero and wotan you know has obviously been around for quite some time even in this iteration oh yeah i and i like their confrontation how the panels alternate them facing and then she pops into him and then the fight is great mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah that's that's really good stuff i think i think mcfarland did a pretty good job on these you know especially like page 16 there where wotan blasts him like there's a skinny panel to the right where wotan's hands are you know gesturing and he's blasting them that's some really cool work there yeah i really do it i think what i um just the dynamic of it that you know and how the fight travels like zigzags through the page you have you know what i mean you have to read mm-hmm. the panels in a zigzag zigzag fashion mm-hmm. um, when i've turned people onto comics and they go how do i read these it's like you'll figure it out the the artist is going to tell <laughs> you which direction to go 
What do, yeah. what do you mean? It's like, well, if you're not in a traditional nine panel page, they like to play with, you know, they want to make you read it in a certain order. Yeah. And that's yep. what I like about this, that um, the non-traditional way that he does the fight scenes in some of the pages is great. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for a minute there, he does kind of get the better of uh, Kent and then uh, grabs Inza and tries to, like, head off with her. But then, wow, I, page 18, that is a really cool page. And I love the top of it there where, you know, you see fate is just, you know, you know, really pissed off and his hands are glowing red and he gets ready and he blasts Wotan. I really love that top of that page. It is great. I like the, the bottom, too, where you see the Kent in the helmet and then below Naboo. Yeah. How they're still interconnected. Yeah, I think this is like a tiny little glimpse into, you know, Kent Nelson. He probably doesn't realize it at first, but how they would say down the road, you know, hey, it's Naboo started to kind of just like take over when he wore the helmet so then that's why he put that one down and went to the half helmet you can kind of see a glimpse of that here you know which is yeah because they do mention that in um a couple times during the all-star run don't they yep whenever they they have to give an explanation to why he doesn't look like everybody knows fate to look like Mm -hmm. yeah he does i mean they they really got into it uh pretty deep in the one issue you know where he basically said exactly what was going on and everybody was like wow well you know you're better off i think that was a is that one of the issues, like in the late twenties, there? Or yeah, early I think 30s, that's the maybe? first time. Yeah, because I'd never, until I read All Star when it first started coming out. I don't. I mean, I had seen it, and I was like, "What is that? Why does yeah. what's?" I just thought it's sometimes artists where you'd have an inconsistency in art in Golden Age mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, you know, so mm-hmm. and you know, some quality was better than what we you know we judge. I judge it now differently, being a little older, but you know, you would judge. The art styles were a little they were the art form was still forming mm-hmm. so people yeah. you know there are a lot of you know there's some golden age artists i can't read because it's really so rough right yeah for sure and then we get you know wotan again blasts kent pretty good and basically knocks him out and then uh, inza goes down there and she takes the helmet off him and she's like wow he's just like a young man or something she says they're a kid or something and and she uh sheds a tear and that somehow uh brings kent back to the land of the uh, conscious here and he stands up and then look out like that's again another good page there 21 where he's getting back up and he's like kind of on his knees there and he's trying to get up and his hands are on the panels and he's pulling himself up like that is really super cool too that's a great idea oh yeah i just oh man that's great yeah he's he's it's so dynamic and gives it an energy when you're reading it is what mm-hmm. I've liked. I liked about this issue so much. Um, yeah, because you get a sense of movement. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then he gets up and finally gets a really good blast in on Wotan, and he disappears. And then he goes back to Wotan's little home base there and destroys that too. And <laughs> this is another part where I was scratching my head. You know, so Inza, she was just like, "Yes, I'm a college student, and I'm just here on a trip." And literally within one page. She's like, well, I think I want to hang out with Dr. Fate, so let's just go hang out together. And I'm like, wait a minute. What about your family and the college and everybody else? They're going to be like, where'd that Inza go? It's a very <laughs> it's a very Doctor Who thing. And then old Who, people would get in the time machine and go off with him and then never come home. I'm like, aren't their families missing that person? Yeah. Something, did they like mind wipe everybody else or what's going on here? Because oh that's God. crazy. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> and, great, I love but... that, and I love that final panel with the little star and them flying off in the sun. It's very nineteen again, nineteen forty serial. Yeah, it's you great. Know? Yeah, it's like a scroll almost. So it ties in with the Egyptian, you know, beginning there. Yeah, I love it. And then the last page, I wanted to point something out. One, um, Starman's in it, so I'm happy. Mm-hmm. My favorite JS Air. But I noticed they had to find a way to put Hawkman in. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a half face on the second to last panel, but he appeared. Mm-hmm. Yep, there was a, a half face of Hawkman, so Hawkman was technically in this issue. I guess he gets a credit. Roy wanted to put him in every issue, and that's how he found a way. It's kind of a crazy, weird, bizarre way, but he found a way to get him into this one. I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> uh, that made me laugh so hard because I was listening to – I was playing catch-up yesterday uh, and listening to you and um sean mm-hmm. on the last episode yeah um uh so but i really love this issue i liked it more than i thought i was gonna yeah it's it, to me i haven't gone ahead and read all the way to the end i've thumbed through some of the issues but i have not read all the dialogue cover to cover in a lot of the issues to come yet so you know, this was a surprise to me because I know sometimes, you know, like we said, McFarlane isn't for everybody and then Colette is not for everybody. But I was actually really surprised at how much I like this issue. And now most of it is story driven. I really like the story and the dialogue. I think Roy's great with these characters. It's just it goes without saying everybody knows he was great with Earth 2, you know, Golden Age characters. He was just that was his pinnacle, I think. Yeah. It, it, I think this is – makes me want to kind of go back and because they do a bunch of origin issues at this point in the run. Yes. Don't they? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, starting in the like the late 50 issues numbers and then all the way through into the 60s, that's pretty much how he ends up. You know, because you figure with Crisis, that kind of – he really had to think of some different things here for All-Star Squadron because that pretty much put an end to, you know, the the – Earth 2 characters, but yeah, he did a lot of those origins towards the end. One of my favorite ones he did is, uh, I think it's issue 60, oh gosh, which number is it now? might be 63, where it's the origin of Robot Man. I love that issue. That's one of my favorite issues of the whole series. Yeah. Oh, I liked all of those. I You, have, you guys, have you, how close are we to them all being shot to Venus? Um, I think that's after the... Um, that's a few issues after the uh, crisis, which is coming up in issue 50, I think, is the crisis tie-in. So it'll be after that. So maybe four or five episodes away from that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that's where um, that's where also kind of lost me for a little bit. Yeah. I yeah, kind of yeah. had to go back and read that as a chunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, I pity Roy, man. When he was in the middle of having this great run with this book and then being told, oh, well, sorry, we're going to have this big giant thing called Crisis in it. I like a lot of post-Crisis when it comes down to individual character books and the JLA and stuff like that, what they did. But mm-hmm. it really – what it did – Hawkman got a little convoluted. Oh, and yeah. JSA kind of got neutered for a long period. And that, that bothered me. It wasn't until they brought him back and then you would see him from time to time. And it's not until Goyer and then Johns go, yeah. well, we're going to treat him as legacies. They would be the first, the biggest and the best. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, I need to read that John's material. People keep telling me how great that was. I need to get out there. Oh and get my some god, out. it's so trades, good. It's, trades or something. Yeah, yeah, it is really, really good. It is. I mean, um, I mean, that's like, again. Some people like John. Some people don't. I think John's John knows how to structure a team book very well. Mm -hmm. um, he definitely understands. He wants to be. He's, he writes large casts of characters well, um, mm -hmm. and he does a lot with. And he does a lot, some really good stuff with Legacy, where the future, kind of where Infinity could have gone. Mm hmm Yeah. But a little further. Yeah, but a little further. It's it's worth checking out. If you like this, you're if you like Roy's Justice Society, you'll get you'll get Jeff Johns. I think that's part of it too, is that the love of the characters is there. Yeah, I liked what he did on uh, the Avengers. He did some Avengers work there. I think that's an underrated the... run of Avengers. Yeah. I really yeah like. Did... After the music Paris stuff, I think he came on, didn't he? Yeah, and then before yeah. Bendis. Yeah, I thought he that got was the pretty DC decent contract, stuff. and that's when he left, and Bendis took over. Yeah, so yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that. But okay, well, all right, so let's transition to our next book. Now, this one, holy smokes! Again, we were talking off mic about this book. It <laughs> it is so good, so much fun, cover to cover. You, if you're a, more of a modern reader, you might not love this book, okay? Because it's going to take a long time to read. There's a ton of dialogue, but it's really fun. There's, There's a, lot a of tutorial really... in the history of World War II because it's yeah. Roy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is a really, really good one. So like we said, this is uh, Secret Origins 31 from 1988, and this is a cover by Michael Bear. And I knew that name right away because the first thing of his I ever saw was he did a story. I think it was actually like a very thin OGN, and it's um, – if I'm not mistaken, it's his artwork where it's Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, and it's this crazy otherworldly story where they're in another you know dimension, and they're fighting all sorts of crazy demons and stuff. I'm almost 100 percent sure that's Michael Bear's artwork. So that was really? – yeah, it was, yeah, I think that was the first time I ever saw him. Isn't but... he the artist? I think he's what, the main artist on a lot of young All-Stars. Could be, could be. Yeah, I, yeah. Have I haven't read, read that. that. I read that stuff once. Yeah. So. Yeah, could could be. But, yeah, he's the cover artist. And then he's uh, – we have Roy Thomas, you know, writer. And then Michael Bear and Bob Downs, art. Carl Gafford colors and Gene Simek letters. So, yeah, this is a this is a good one. So, what do you think of this cover here? This is a pretty good cover. I do like this cover a great deal. I do like this cover. So, I have. Um, it's neat to see that's because I I'm a huge fan of the original origin of the Justice Society, the mm -hmm. the Levitt Stanton uh, Bob Layton one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that the. The core, the real, because as an old, as a Golden Age Justice Society reader and All Star Squadron, yes, yeah, Superman and Batman were members, but they were never in it. Right. You yeah, they're only in it three times. Mm -hmm. No, two times. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy when it's these characters you yes. see on the cover. And it Absolutely. Makes, and for seventy five percent of this story, this version of the origin, that it. it uh, well, no, this is the core group for me. This is the true Justice Society in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And it's just such a group. It's such a good grouping of, of characters. I forget how good the original lineup was. Because um, mm -hmm. all of these guys are kind of, I, 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 they're all characters I always want to see. 
in my book, there's a, another piece of art, and I in the comic, is there a splash page that just shows them walking on the earth? I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. And then there is the history tutorial about the importance of November 9th, 1940. So mm-hmm. let me let – you want me to try this synopsis? Yep. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. All right, Fire folks, right bear in. with us. All right. It is November 9th, 1940. Neville Chamberlain has died. It is – and FDR has just won his third uh, presidential race, and we are yet to be in the war. It is a rainy night, and up comes um, a member of the British Secret Service, Mr. Smythe, with a message from his boss – uh, code name Intrepid, the head of M5, MI5. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's come to ask for help because they found out that Operation Sea Lion, the uh, German invasion of Europe, is being moved up. And since FDR got reelected on a neutrality, he says, I can't help you. But he hands Mr. Smythe a dossier on, with the files on eight mystery men. Spectre. Mm-hmm. Our Man, Green Lantern, Flash, Doctor Fate, Sandman, Hawkman, and the Atom are the people who will soon form the Justice Society. Mm-hmm. And he points them toward Gotham City. The Flash has heard a rumor, so he shows up in Gotham at the exact same time that the Green Lantern is missing Smythe. And they, he sends them on a mission to a castle in Scotland where they meet mm-hmm. uh, Nazi sympathizers. And I'd never heard this term, the Abwehr. Uh, it's their mm-hmm. espionage decision division. Yeah. Another little lesson from them. And they go to stop the Germans there, but they turn on the murder machine who quickly <laughs> – quick, a giant green robot with a big swastika. And both the Flash and the Green Lantern are knocked out. Unbeknownst mm-hmm. to them, Dr. Fate has been watching this fight from his tower – and he goes to New York and recruits our man. And they quickly go to Berlin where Adolf Hitler has the Spear of Destiny and he's going to use it on the Flash and Green Lantern. Our man frees them. Dr. Fate tries to stop them, but it's too late. Hitler has summoned the Valkyrie. So the sky mm-hmm. is full of Val- Valkyries on winged horses. And they go, so our superheroes head to stop the invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another battle between them and the Valkyrie, and fate summons four more heroes. And Sandman, the Adam, and I will say this, I love the panel, and it's in both versions of the origin, that when Sandman is driven, there's a little piece of paper that floats down, and it's the calling card he would leave on his victims after he knocked them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. And Hawkman and the mm-hmm. Adam, and they all end up at the cliffs of Dover where they battle the Nazi fleet. And the Spectre appear, finally appears, and he, as a giant, he stopped, he sinks the fleet mm-hmm. while the Green Lantern grabs the heroes as they all head toward DC because Hitler has mm-hmm. sent a, an experimental super bomber to blow up DC. Mm-hmm. There's yet another battle above. Washington and near the monuments. Doc Fate uses a little patriotism magic. I guess that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
But and that causes most of the Valkyrie to vanish. But their leader, Gudra, comes to kill yeah. um, FDR. But Adam gets in the way, and then she kills F. She kills Roosevelt, mm-hmm. and then Spectre knows that this is wrong, and goes and bargains with, and in um, with I guess it's God or the superior being that created the Spectre to spare mm-hmm. FDR because he is needed. And that's like three pages of amazing art. Yes. This whole argument to why they need FDR. And then FDR is all of a sudden he's back behind his desk alive and it's as if he was never dead. And he asked them to form a justice battalion, but they decide, no, we're a society. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. That's a lot of comic. That's yeah, a lot this, of comic. This is this is a really long comic. I mean, when you just look at, you know, like I said, the dialogue alone there. I mean, it's like a 38 page comic, so it, it is a really long comic. You know what I mean? You yeah, know, right? normally that... all star uh, secret origin was two. You got two. It was a giant. It was a giant sized comic every month and you got two origins. Mm hmm. And this one, yeah. they just give it to you all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was crazy. Like, I loved how, like you mentioned in your synopsis, like you open to that first page and that's a really iconic shot to me where it shows all of the, you know, JSAers and they're like walking as if they're giants on top of like a, a globe, you know, planet Earth. Very much like an all-star comic cover. In yeah. In the 40s yeah. where they would have those like, like, you know, them marching with the flag or, they, you know, it wasn't always an action scene. Sometimes it was it meant to infer something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then man, you flip the page, and like you said, you get a a text piece there in the middle of like a a, a, a map, and then FDR and Hitler, like everything that goes on in World War II. You basically get like a little quick synopsis of what was going on in uh, you know November 1940, where you know like you said, FDR kind of says how you know he was reelected on a, a platform basically that we were not going to go to war because you figure there were still a lot of people that you know still had World War One fresh in their brain and. You know how awful that was. So oh yeah, he got elect- and, he, yeah, yeah. We were very isolationist as a nation then. You know, yeah. we were we wanted to be separate from Europe at all costs. Because one, because they they always fought each other, and we really, you know, I mean, we had a history of war, but it wasn't. You know, it's like we're we're but we just don't want to be part of that mess. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was something that you know, like I said, he didn't really want to get into or. Maybe he did, but, you know, he felt like the American people, you know, really weren't ready for that. Well, so. he has that great line at the top of the third page where he goes, you know, I can't do more right now, but o- not openly. Yeah, the isolationist yeah. Congress would have me in peace before I was even <laughs> re-inaugurated. And I went, yeah, yeah, that's really true. They didn't like it, you anyway, especially since probably... he, had Brit- he had broken the, unru- the unwritten rule of two terms. Yep. Yeah, he's he's not wrong there. and. Like I said, I love that page as well because then you have the, the close up, you know, like two thirds of the page is, you know, that dossier where it shows all these uh, heroes like the Spectre who looks really pissed off in that picture, by the and, way. And how do you get a photograph of the Spectre? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that's an artist rendering. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's like police, well, a police I'm, artist. And, and all the, yeah, all these <laughs> things, they look like trading cards. It's like in, in the great. two world, do you have? Or... <laughs> You know. Yeah, it's great. I love it. But yeah, I love the way they all look there. Sandman, he looks really cool. And 
Hawkman kind of like flying right I'm at a you. Big, that's, that's awesome. I prefer Sandman in the in the suit. Oh, I love this version. Yeah, to yeah, me, yeah, that's my, my favorite, favorite version. Yeah. I love the Kirby version too. That's really cool. I have a trade about like a hardcover, real nice hardcover. I don't know who it was that put it out, but it's really cool. It's like all the Sandman that Kirby and Simon did, and I love that too. But you know, visually, this is my favorite version. Yeah, yeah. It's and and they, I've got to say it every time I see the Hour Man costume. Mm, yep. Yeah, it's, GL too. Yeah, GL's yeah. costume. When they changed him later in the, it's not John's. It's John. I don't think John's is writing it then. But they put him in his like he's got armor that looks like the lantern, so he's basically a walking lantern. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, Whoa. no, I like this. Or his I like ten, this no, when they had better. to give him a new name, and they had, when more of that post crisis, later post crisis, fiddling. But this mm. costume is classic. There's there's yeah, something then... about the Justice Society costumes that hold up even almost, you know, 80 years later. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. And I love, you know, we got you know, Flash here, our buddy Jay Garrick, and <laughs> I love some of his dialogue, too. He's like, you know, he stops some guy, and that's two guys that are shooting at him, and he says, uh, a bank job, he has to stop, a bank heist, he has to stop that. And then he says, that's the trouble of being the fastest man alive, even in a big city. You stop a safe cracker or two, solve an axe murder, Overtake a hit and run, and even help an old lady's cat down from a tree. <laughs> but an axe murder? I'm like, geez. Yeah, what's That's going on wild. in Central City or Keystone? He's in Keystone. Yeah, I was like, man, what is going on here? Like, holy crap! That's all just before lunch here, buddy. Like, wow, you really? I'm not sure there. <laughs> Keystone <laughs> City. Keystone City might need to hire some more cops or something if you had to deal with all that plus what they deal with. Like, wow. Uh, I, I love the part partnership with him and GL too. I they, like that that's they quickly, start yeah. that here, and and it's this is a lot yeah. of what we're seeing is um, up until after the murder machine. This is almost exactly like the original Stanton Levitt's one. Oh, good. That's this is nice. where. Like have you ever read that? I have not. No. Oh, oh my God, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. It is. Do you like? Are you a Joe Stanton fan? Yeah, I do love Joe Staten a lot. Him he's and, cool. He's yep. really, I like, and it's him and Levitz were kind of like a, Levitz, Layton, Bob Layton. This is before yeah. Layton went to DC, uh, went to Marvel from DC. They yeah. really work well together, and it's glorious. It's so, I'll, so good. I'll uh, have but to this check is, that out. Is it on the app, maybe? If it is, uh, I'll have to it, check it, it out. It should be. Uh, I think it's Special 29, DC Special Oh, it 29. is. Yep, and it is, is in there. the hardcover, um, and I don't have it here, but I pulled it out. Uh, there's a hardcover that reprints all of the 70s All-Star comics. I and have then that the in trade, yep. Yeah, and then it's got the adventure stuff that finishes it up, and it's in that. Yeah, I have the two paperbacks that came out that have all that stuff in, but, that, but I'm not oh, sure. that's not in there? I don't think that DC special is in there, but I know it is on the app, so I'll read it one yeah, way or the other. Oh, it's it's so <laughs> good. You'll, you're going to go, oh, good. We need to do it. You, you're going to want to do an episode about that. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it, yeah, I'll I mean, tell you, this, is where, road, yeah. the, this is where it starts to divert, um, to separate a bit. I think Batman's mm -hmm. with them. No, I think Batman goes with them to the castle. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. because that's why it's in Gotham. It's three of them go to the castle and are captured. Superman yeah, but, doesn't wow. come in until the Valkyries show up. I really like this uh, Michael Bear and Bob Downs artwork. Like that page, you know, where Flash and GL are in the, the office with, uh, you know, FDR and all. I love that page. And then, 
you go to the next one where they show that castle, and it's that gorgeous. looks really great. Yeah, and he I uses like... a battering ram, and it's a ram, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. What I like is on the on page six is where he where in the bottom left panel the the green glow off his ring is on his face. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's great, and you know the the secret Nazi super science lab sub, somehow in the Scottish castle. Mm-hmm. I love all that. I love yeah. I, you know, I grew up on seventy sixties and seventies com. You know, rereading them, it's all, I was like a big secret base. Yeah, I love – yeah, that's always a good trope. I love that one. And then <laughs> I love how they start, you know, getting a little cocky until uh, that guy uh, hits the button, uh, Major Striker, and then yeah. we see the murder machine. And it's basically just like this big gigantic robot, and it, it takes out GL pretty quick because he just is like kind of taken aback by it when it smashes through a wall and then it smashes the ground, and that kind of causes a little mini earthquake that knocks GL down, and it knocks him down just enough that – the next thing you know, boom, he gets clobbered by this thing twice, it looks like. And he gets, like, I'm surprised he isn't dead. Like, he gets hit really, yeah, really, like, point blank. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, uh, like, in Golden Age comic books, the hero gets knocked out a lot. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, we, you know, nowadays, everybody's super strong healing factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were yeah, really yeah. souped up our superheroes. But there's this thing, it's like, yeah, they can, they get hurt. They get knocked out. And it's. I, I like that. Yes. Yeah. Having them be a little more like humanizing them. I do yeah. like that. That's one thing about All-Star Squadron and JSA. That I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that on the bottom of 10, the, the it, where it transitions from the castle to Doc Fate. I love that panel, <laughs> Doc Fate. Yeah. I mean, I when I just quickly look at it, I think it's incredible. I love it. But then all of a sudden, too, I'm looking at that. Whatever that pinkish, purplish thing is swirling around him. What is going on in that? Like, it, there's like people and stuff. Like, it's like it, I know it's it's like it's creepy. <laughs> it is, and like the one there's a woman at the bottom who's like the, the women are half naked. One looks like a mermaid. Yeah, I don't know what and it's supposed guy. to be. It reminds me of Mike Gilbert. Michael Gilbert. He was an artist in the. He did a lot oh, of yeah, indies. Oh yeah, yep. I yeah. heard of him. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, there's like a naked dude at the top, like he's riding a wave. Like he's what? riding. He's it looks like an, a, an <laughs> octopus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there, but that is a really awesome panel, and I love the colors they chose for it, and how there's a book there on a, a stand, and I, I'm that assuming Wotan? that's supposed to, I'm su- I'm assuming that's supposed to be Wotan, but when I look at it just quickly, it looks like Doctor Strange to me. So I don't know if they're being funny there or what. <laughs> oh my goodness, that could be Doctor. Strange. Look at Strange. it; it kind of does look like Doctor Strange. Yeah, it does. A little bit. <laughs> you figure Roy had written him, you know, already, so and was. I think he was just about ready to start another run on Doctor Strange by 1988, too. So maybe he was just being silly there, saying, hey, why do you put that in there? But it's probably supposed to be Wotan, but it looks more like Doctor Strange to me. Yeah, it does. (laughs) I did too. Oh, man. And I like the next page where that little Hourman pose in the middle panel. Yeah, yep. He's right over top of Hitler, too. The spear hooves real creepy. yeah. Oh, and jeez, and then that whole scene there where it has all his troops there where he's in front of him. Yeah, that's kind of – that's really kind of a creepy scene there. Oh, yeah, the Nuremberg – well, this isn't – I think this is set in Berlin, not Nuremberg. But you yeah. know what I mean? And they, Yeah. And the big – the Valkyries show up. I like that. That's very Roy, even though it, he didn't – this was in the Levitt's version too. But it's like, you know, 
Roy and Asgard and Norse gods. Oh yeah, Roy was a big Thor fan and Norse mythology fan, so that's oh, that's yeah. great too. I love loved his run on Thor too, by the way. But um, yeah, I'm this bad, is great. I need that, to read more of his Thor. Oh yeah, that era is great. Even the Len Wein stuff before that too. Oh, it's really I good like stuff. A Len but... Wein, I like a Len Wein comic. I've never read a Len Len comic by him that wasn't just really well done. Yeah, they're always at least fun. But yeah, that page, man, was that page thirteen where we see the Valkyries? That's really cool too. There's about one, two, three, four, five of them, and you know, one of them's in shadow, and they look real tough and menacing, and they're on these crazy horses, you know, flying horses. Like, wow, that's a really good page too. Yeah, and the whole battle, page fourteen, where Hitler's like orders to see the 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 German navy to cross the channel. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then yep. we get a map. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they were just looking for some filler there or what, but oh, I know. I think I think even though this isn't like uh, the early '80s, I think it's really. I think Roy's really conscious of the fact that yet kids may not know this history, even though it's recent history. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was really he always was very you know meticulous about you know wanting his readers to know what was going on, who, what, and where, so and when. So, yeah, that's probably what he was thinking, too. Yeah, it'd give you a real-world sense of how big in scope this was. It was, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, um, yeah, it was huge. <laughs> I do like um, the transition where they fate sends the Globes to get more reinforcements. And you've got... Yes. Blair, um, Blair's big on having, when he introduces a character, to give them a hero moment pose. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, <laughs> Power Man had it. Fa- uh, uh, Sandman's got it. Hawkman's got it. The Adams is okay. I like Adam. I'm a big fan of the Adam. Yeah, he's cool. I love he's, Al Pratt. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty cool. And I like that whole transition. And then the Spectre is like he's coming from the moon, but he doesn't yeah. engage directly quite yet. It takes him a little longer to get there. Everybody else seems to be there at the snap of a finger, it's just about, but. The Spectre takes a little bit longer to get there, which, you know, is pretty cool. I like seeing the heroes, you know, these, like, heroes with feet of clay almost, you know, not godlike beings having to fight. And I love that that panel on page 20, the top left one, where, you know, they're, the heroes are all engaging the Nazis, and we have a you know, Sandman choking a Nazi, like, general or captain or something there. <laughs> He's oh, choking yeah. the guy. <laughs> I like that one, too. Yeah, some really good scenes here. Al Pratt clobbering a couple guys. Like, that's great stuff. It's I love really, it. Yeah, action-packed. And it's like four pages of fight scene. Mm-hmm. Where, like, yeah. I would think in a modern comic, you'd have a double-page spread of people posing, and that would be your fight scene. Yeah, and then the, finally the Spectre shows up, and, you know, he right away, you know, basically is going to say that, you know, he's going to start taking care of business here, and he turns into, like, a giant. He's probably 100 feet tall, like, Godzilla here destroying these ships. I love that too. And that point, Doc Fate and Green Lantern go, "Okay, we're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna let him do his thing here." And then that's you, when that bomber, big giant ex- creepy ghost. You go and kill the fleet. <laughs> we're gonna go stop the plane. Yeah, the experimental bomber Hitler sends to uh, DC that you also mentioned. You know, it's it's heading off, and then that's when they're like, "Okay, we need to go stop that." And then you know they also say about how the Valkyries are probably gonna show up again. So we're gonna have to deal with the bomber and them and. You know, Fate and Spectre have a little bit of back and forth there about, you know, the partnership that's going to happen here and, you know, why they're actually doing all these things. And then, uh, again, there we go. Here come the Valkyries again. They show up, and it's it's a big brawl with them again. Yeah. 
And I do like how they say the Spear of Destiny and the Valkyries are kind of like almost like sapping the will to fight from the JSAers. And that's when, like you said, Dr. Fate conjures up some uh, magics that uh, inspire some of the uh, historical events that have happened over the years in uh, America and, you know, get their patriotism kind of cooking here to help them. Fight against the Falcons. What what gets me on it, too, is that it's very 1940s movie Mm -hmm. propaganda feel to it. Like you're watching one of those, you know, propaganda movies that we, the Mm -hmm. movie industry put out in the 40s. Yeah. You know, with uh, the Yankee Doodle and Uncle Uh Sam marching and John, uh, George Washington (laughs) bust Mm -hmm. and the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good page. It's a really good page. I like it. It's but it's kind of funny. Oh yeah, <laughs> the it way is. it's very dated. It doesn't. You're not. You wouldn't see that in a comic <laughs> written. You wouldn't have seen it in a lot of comics written back when this was written. No, uh, no, definitely not. It wasn't like a like you said. Only because this is flashing back to, you know, World War II times is pretty much. And Roy Thomas is the only reason you're seeing it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because he's just oh. channeling. Read, read all those all war war era World War II era All Star comics. Because there would be tons of those. Yeah, and then the uh, leader of the Valkyries, that Gudra, she sneaks off to, uh, you know, go assassinate FDR. And, man, that's a really cool page there. And poor little Al Pratt, man, he uh, he jumps right in there when she tries to kill FDR. And she says, you are full of courage, little man. And, you know, she zaps Al. And I don't know how he technically survives this in the beginning. I mean, obviously, the uh, inspector. Yeah. I think Roy in. just kind of makes him survive. In the other, at the, in the other origin, it's uh, Spectre heals him. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, that yeah. was a little like, because eh, then you know she, you know, hits FDR with the staff there, the the spear, and that's the end of him. Like, then Doctor Fate shows up. I love that page uh, thirty there, that panel in the middle of the page where you have Doctor Fate, and he zaps her with his power, and you know, right across the page, she gets blasted. Good yeah. stuff. There's some good that that the panel of um, the Flash with his helmet off, bowing down, bowing his head. That FDR's done. Yeah, that's good stuff. And yeah, Fate, man, and Fate, Fate says, "I've never been able to bring someone back from the dead." And Spectre goes, "Nor I." Uh, Spectre goes, "Nor have I, Doctor Fate." And yet, I must try. Yeah, like you said, all the artwork really goes into overdrive here when you see I love this Spectre. stuff. Oh, man, yeah, Spectre going to the nether realm, and he sees he sees FDR in this robe. He sees, like, hundreds yeah, everybody of Everybody who dies gets a, gets a fuchsia robe, and then they <laughs> yeah. have to march through Doctor Strange's backyard. Yeah, look at this place. It, it, looks like it, 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 it looks like Do- it is definitely very much Doctor Strange in spot, you know. Oh yeah, the skull yeah, right. mountain that in the floating pathways. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then oh, it's great. The page thirty-three where he's talking to the. And when you look at, I looked on one of the databases. Look at a synopsis, and they always care. They always credit this the person he's talking to as the voice. Yeah, they never. DC seemed to dance around that. They always wanted it to be like an omnipotent being, but they didn't want to use God. And you yeah, know, like because comics, people, yeah, people are going to go, "Who's God?" It's like, yeah, well, yeah. We're, we're not going to get into that fight. It's a yeah. God. Marvel, Marvel had that you know issue too for a while there, where they were like, you know, some creators would put a God figure in there, and then they'd be like, "Yeah, but and I'm like, yeah, you kind of have to when you're trying to write comics for a world audience." with people of all these different religions and stuff like that. I understand their trepidation where it's like, let's just say the voice. I get that. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. And it, and it looks so good because it's white. It's, you know what I mean? The background yeah. is just white and sound waves. 
that he's red. Yeah, red there's lettering. nothing there but the voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's they they handled this really well. I think Roy, you know, did a great job here, and he's basically you know trying to bargain back and forth with this voice, and even tries to assault, <laughs> attack the voice when it won't you know give him what he wants, you know, which is to you know bring back FDR because he basically says you know this is such a pivotal time in world history that you know without somebody like FDR, you know who knows what could have happened. And you he's know, still going to die war. anyway. Before, yeah. Even if we put him back, he will die before the war is over. Yeah. So that eventually the voice says, you know, OK, I'll, I'll give you what you want. Wow. That page 35 is something else. Yeah, oh, my is. goodness. It is so good. Wow. That, yeah. That, that the rendition of uh, Roosevelt, Churchill and Stalin is a little more accurate than it is in anywhere else in the comic. Yeah. Other than yeah, the splash page, the first one with with the first history lesson. Um, yeah. I also yeah, feel yeah. like the last couple panels really. There's something about page 37 where it looks like I'm really looking at an old All Star Squad All Star Comics art. Yeah. Where there's a there's something different about there's a the way the Adams drawn on the one little panel and then the one right across the middle that it yeah. really looks. Like he's switching up his art style for a second. Yeah, that one, especially the one on the right, you know, whether it's the three panels, you know, across. Yeah. That one where Al says, you know, don't you know you can't split an atom? Yeah, it <laughs> that, looks like that does. Like very golden age. And then kind of the Hawkman with the tongue sticking out. <laughs> yeah. Dire yeah, decade. No. On your last episode, that came <laughs> up. It's like, what is that? I <laughs> yeah. never, you know, it's always been something. That it really only appeared in, like, very early Hawkman. Yeah, and that's where Hawkman says about forming a special super battalion. And like you said in your synopsis, and the Spectre's like, no, we're not a battalion because we're not part of an army. And you know, then you f flip the page, and the Justice Society of America, and wow, what a great page that is, too. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I like how they have uh, the quote from the Levitz version at the bottom. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's mm -hmm. such a good one. I I really enjoyed that. I don't think I had read this since it had come out. Yeah, I did. I did get all. Or I always got Secret Origins because I like an orange. I liked those comics when I was a kid when they would pop oh, up. It was a great series. I even haven't read all of them, and the ones I've have like I have maybe some of them are on the app. I don't. I don't know if all of them are. Maybe no. They are. God, don't no? get me started on the app and its holes no? right now. Is it? Want yeah. Legion, Superboy, because I'm covering. I cover Legion every Wednesday uh -huh. and I was ha wanted to read Superboy 89 first mm -hmm. Mondale it's not in there there's nothing of the Superboy comic until like 190 something yeah like, well, yeah so yeah they jumped the... this I think the secret origins pretty complete okay yeah because yeah. I'll have to check some of them out because I only own about 15 of them maybe 20 at the most and I think I went to like 50 issues but yeah those yeah, are it ended great. with 50 which was um Golden Age Batman yeah, those that's just great stuff. There was a, a podcast, Once Upon a Time, too, Secret Origins, Ryan Daly did back in, I think it is 2016 he started it. That was did, very good coverage. Did they do it all? Did they do the whole yep. thing? Oh, I might yep. have to check that out. Yeah. I went down the rabbit hole of the Earth 2 podcast, mm -hmm. and I, yep. I had to take a break and catch up on stuff I needed for Doctor Who podcasting <laughs> that I was behind on some of my uh, other media stuff. So, But I'm really enjoying that.
Um, yeah, definitely check it out. But yeah, that little box you were referring to, yeah, in the at the bottom of that last page, it says, in the winter of 1940, Adolf Hitler abandoned plans to invade England. To this day, no one knows why. No one but the eight heroes who battled across two continents to ruin those plans and give birth to a legend. Like I said, Paul Levitt's 1977, and it's crazy awesome splash page there with all the characters from this comic. Oh, it it's is. great. It's great. Um, mm. I really like this origin. They This is... Post-crisis, I'm one of those people, I'm okay with both sides of it. The, I know there are mm-hmm. the problems. This was tidy. Mm-hmm. You know, Roy yeah. went, okay, here's tidy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you, there are other issues that he will try to address later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like how do you replace Wonder Woman? Yeah. And she's actually in the dang book. Yeah. Years. Yep. So they're going to say it was Miss um, – who did they? Um, that That's why he, he alters Furies, that there's a Golden Age Fury. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There was another hero they tried to insert there, not Miss America because that's – Yeah, I can't they, remember. They, but it's, yeah, they it's had someone else. They tried to insert another Golden Age hero and stuff like that. But this is nice and tidy, and it really works. Yeah, it really absolutely. Works. Absolutely, yeah. To me, they – Roy, if – if that's something I will always give him credit for is when trying to bring these heroes from, you know, the golden age into, you know, a book he was writing in the 1980s, he did his homework and he always did the best job at trying to, you know, put stories in between other stories and try to make sense of everything when you tied both eras together. He was great for that. Yeah. And it's this is a good example of why, you know, some people with comic comic writing has changed and, and there's a de-emphasis on the writer. And I think there's there's a little bit of that is changing now because you're seeing writers come to the forefront as the as the driver of books like, you know, we're going to hire this writer mm-hmm. and not uh, like in the 80s, it became very 80s and 90s, very art penciler centric. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And. Penciler, I mean, George Perez is a great plotter. John Byrne was, is a good scripter and a plotter. You may not like what, you know, there are people who don't like Byrne. I think Byrne, if he's got the right cast of characters, is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think Perez's Wonder Woman is really good. Yeah. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. So I get that. But there's also, you need, the writer needs to do something. And sometimes they go, well, I, it's, it's a visual medium. I, I don't want to be told what's going on. It's like sometimes you need exposition. And what I like about Roy is, and sometimes he may overdo it, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah. when he, but he's giving you context and backstory, which is mm-hmm. necessary to understand it. It's not, it's more than a fist fight. Mm-hmm. You know, what yeah. they're fighting for is, you know, there is evil in the world. The Nazis and what they're doing to the world, and they need to be fought, and we need mm-hmm. heroes, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, I mean, if there wasn't for World War II, would superhero comic books have become the genre that they are? Mm, probably not. not. I mean, yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, the reason it. we have superhero comics is because of the war. We needed heroes. People wanted heroes in their in in their in their art. And I and I love that Roy does it. That I mean, I make fun of the history lesson, you know, but it's really cool. And as a kid, it made me go back and check stuff. You know, I was mm-hmm. when this came out, I was in college, but I was I was I think I pulled this off. Of, I think I saw this in a Seven Eleven one Sunday morning after a night out. 
you know, I'd mm-hmm. get up and go to say, well, got a little my, little hair of the dog or, God, I need to get something to eat, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> Head down to the, there was a restaurant we would go to after nights out, and it was right next to a 7-Eleven, and I'd, sometimes I'd get it, my my buddies would go, what are you doing? Like, checking the spinner rack. Get away. You know? Or <laughs> I think at that 7-Eleven, they, were um, they weren't in a spinner rack, they were in the newspaper rack. Gotcha. Right by the door of the 7-Eleven, I walked in, ooh, Justice Society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sit, sit here and eat, my, br- eat my brunch with this. So, um, but I love this one. I like, I, and it's, the art is so good. I mean, there part there's some some stuff that doesn't click for me, but as a majority, it's a well told story. It's got some imaginative panel choices. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got the the show don't tell aspect of stuff. Like, okay, this is where the battle's taking place with the map and uh, and the and the and the final three or four pages where Spectre is debate is try, is bargaining for Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. I find it it's just amazing, just freaking amazing. Yeah, I think it. They did a great job with making this appear, you know, like a, an all star comics comic. Like you said, it's it very much has that golden age feel to it. Yeah, the way it was drawn, and that's that to me made it, you know, the best. It's just oh, love it. Yeah, it is. Two, th- so two thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, I do, and I I. Th- pretty sure bear is the artist on some of the young all-stars or does the covers because the best some of the best parts of young all-stars are the covers at least especially mm-hmm. the early ones which is you know um a middle panel of whatever sent you here is the center and then a bunch of heads around the side which i'm always good with the you know the floating heads oh, in a yeah. dc comic <laughs> yeah that's a that's a good uh, cover there always love those kirby yeah. too when he would do those logos. oh yeah yeah, love it, love it, love it. But all right, well, so yeah, two awesome issues, and uh, that's uh, another uh, episode here of the show. So if anybody wants to uh, find you out there, and what do you got going on? Why don't you talk about your podcast and where that's at and all that stuff? Okay, well, the, my comic podcast called Stop. Let's team up. It is a podcast dedicated to the superhero team genre because that's the comics I read, and they are still the ones that I'm most. Uh, most happy to read you know they're my they're my go-to uh i jump around topics uh on weekends i've had to be dark for two weekends because a lot of work stuff and other things but and every wednesday tuesday or wednesday i drop an episode called my legion adventure where i'm going through the legion of superheroes in chronological order um mm-hmm. this wednesday will be the first ultra boy story oh, wow yeah and some kurt swan i'm finally getting some kurt swan legion I'm I'm nine episodes in, and or you can find me at. Uh, I also do two Doctor Who podcasts called uh, one's called Gallifrey's Most Wanted, and the other's called The Runcible Report, where I talk about specific Doctor Who stories or their spinoff media or other content, things that touch upon it. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at JSA4E. That's JSA the number four and the letter E. Because originally I was going to do a Justice Society podcast, and then I said, no, I'm just going to do. Um, I'll do team all ups. super teams. Yeah, I'm just going to do team ups because there's so many good. I didn't realize how many good Earth Two and Just Society podcasts were other out there other than yours. And then mm-hmm. I've listened to others. Uh, I'm a big fan of Earth Two podcasts where mm-hmm. that they, they're just going through all the Earth Two and alternate universe parallel Earth stories in chronological order. Because um, yeah, they're ones stuff. I've never heard of. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have, yeah, that's a good one. Everybody needs to check that one out. And definitely check out, you know, your uh, Stop Let's Team Up podcast. Hey, and then, Mike. hey, if you're a Doctor Who fan, hit that up, too. And just so you know, the next team I'm covering, and I'm going to cover it over three episodes. That's another reason I'm delayed, is another Roy Thomas-created team, the Liberty Legion. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one there, All too. Their another pe- I bought a um, callback. Yeah, in a splurge um, of hardcover Marvel 2 and one trades that I bought early part of the pandemic, there was one called Liberty Legion, and I just thought it was the time they teamed up, but it is every Liberty Legion appearance in one hardcover. Oh, nice. Yeah, it that's cool. It has the two Invaders, the two Marvel Presents, and then the FF Annual and the uh, Marvel 2-in-1 Annual. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, good stuff right there. Yeah, so I mean, I decided that, you know, it's probably not a lot of people were fans of it, but I think it's something people would enjoy. Oh, yeah. To me, there's always, even when something seems a little more niche, there's always, you know, people out there looking for it because, you know, it doesn't get talked about ever. So that's definitely something you should cover, man. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to think it's going to take me three. I think it's going to take me three episodes to do it. Awesome. Awesome. So if anybody wants to get in touch with the show, uh, you can uh, send any email uh, feedback to a world on fire podcast at gmail.com or reach out to the show on Twitter. That's at all squadron. Um, so uh, definitely, uh, yeah, any feedback send there and then definitely look for Ross on his uh, Doctor Who podcast and his team up podcast. But that's going to be it for this week and this show. So uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, this was a lot of fun, Ross. I appreciate it, man. Oh, no, I appreciate it. It was great. I'm was very happy when you invited me to come on because I'm a big fan from the beginning of this show. Awesome. So, all right, everybody, that's going to take us out for this episode. So be back again in two weeks for another one. And that's going to be, uh, I think it's my buddy Mark Gray and I, and we're going to be talking about a, a really cool two-parter uh, that's going to have Starman and the return of uh, a certain uh, sword-wielding uh, member of the All-Star Squadron that we haven't seen in quite a while, too. Oh, so everybody, uh, now I know uh, what issues uh, they are. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, take care. That's going to be a that's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to that one. So yeah, get your get your issues ready. The next two issues will be uh, covered on that show. Hey everybody, just wanted to jump in here quick. Uh, there were a couple of emails I completely forgot about, so I just wanted to go over them quickly um, over the last uh, three or four weeks here. So uh, this uh, is an email from Jason Zeller. He said, uh, gentlemen, longtime listener. He said he also, in addition to uh, World on Fire, loved the uh, Star Rocket Radio podcast as well. Uh, he's Earth 2 characters are my jam. A highlight of this episode for me was Secret Origins 1 coverage, which is uh, what I covered with uh, Martin Gray couple of episodes back he said the earth 2 golden age superman is one of my favorite characters i like the idea of the era when his childhood took place and being superman in the 30s and 40s time period i usually combine reading this issue with the backup features in the new adventures of superboy uh, 15 and 16 in which superboy helps uh, to train the young earth 2 golden age clark kent and he said just curious if you guys have ever read that Thanks for a great podcast. Uh, Jason, yeah, I have not read those two Superboy stories. I'll uh, go right to the app here and see if they have them available there. And if they do, I will definitely read them because those sound like a blast. So thank you, Jason, uh, uh, for writing it. Appreciate that. Um, And then we got another email from... Uh, a guy named Jay Powers, and Jay said, Hey, Billy and Herm. He said, uh, I'm playing catch-up with the podcast. Just recently listened to the episode on the Seven Soldiers of Victory. 
and he said that uh, he has those Golden Age archives um, uh, that DC put out. I think they did stop doing the archive editions, which is a shame, because I love those and uh, would love to read them, but they're getting more and more scarce with being out of print for a while here, so the prices have skyrocketed, but man, if I could ever get my hands on those, I definitely would grab them, because I have a couple that I managed to uh, snag a few years ago, and uh, JLA, I think, is what they are, and then maybe a Teen Titans Archive Edition or something like that. I have maybe like five, but those are great. Super high quality and great uh, reproduction there by DC on those Archive Editions. So please, DC, come out with more Archive Editions or bring them back. But uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Jay, uh, for uh, emailing in. Love email. You know, anytime you guys want to send anything to the show, uh, like I said, it's a, a World on Fire podcast at gmail.com. Or uh, reach out on Twitter, you know, a DM or whatever, and uh, at All Squadron is where the show is on Twitter. So thanks. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you next time.